So in a special somewhere, you can adapt to the threat of everywhere. You can. One way, in an old Zen saying, they used to say it, is when you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. That's one way, because it's easy to say, hey, this guy is really awake, just to reaffirm that you're not. Yeah. And especially if they share a special event, they say, is what caused their awakeness. If you look in your little memory banks and you go, phew, I don't have that special event yet, so I, I can just stay comfortably not awake. But in fact, there's no event in being awake. It's a, it's, it's a state, it's a case of what's happening here. There is awakeness that it can appear to be unawake, and it can appear to be growing towards awakeness, but in fact, all there is is awakeness. All there is is consciousness of. There is no consciousness as here. So that's why, if let's say that identification with the body as a self is in place, and then you attempt to become spiritual, it's very difficult to graft spirituality onto a material form, because spirituality is basically formless, doesn't really have any qualities, and yet we're trying to graft it onto a form with seeming qualities. That's why it doesn't take. <laughs> That's why if you go on a month retreat, and maybe when you leave the retreat, you feel really great, and you can't take the freeway because you're not able to handle all the violent stimulation going on around here. But a day later, you're right back in the mix. Yeah. And that was safely, oh, that happened on the retreat to me. Yeah. And so that me will sign up for another retreat maybe, and maybe you think, well, I like what happened to me on that retreat, so what will we do? Well, in the modality of self-centeredness, more is one of the key things. So I will do a three-month retreat next time. Because I liked what happened on a month retreat. But I think I want to get more of what I liked. So let's, I figure the more I do, the more I get. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then once that hits and you maybe do a three-month, then you want to shift it up. I'll have a silent and non-silent mix. Or maybe some tantric thrown in or some martial arts and or yoga or something, and we make it, and if you watch, it's so hilarious. So I, what you really see is the identification as a body being presented, because the first day, everyone has one pillow, but after about three days, they have mountains of pillows <laughs> trying to keep their freaking ass comfortable. <laughs> I swear, they've had their own little fenced-in area. That's my area. They got, the, they got where they can recline totally, and bottles of water. They got everything covered for this. So there they are. <laughs> it says on the sign, enter here and disdain the self, but you're disdaining the self as a self. There's no, there's no way you can get rid of self as self. It's like totally, you put it in the disposal, it shows up again. It's all you, in a way. You that you're not. So, I found that to be a big dilemma when the message is shared, because the message is, you are a lion. And people go, yeah, yeah, I really like that message. You are a lion. I like that message. But if you spend a little time with them, that's not how it translates when it gets into the long lasting independent separate entity. It becomes, you are a lion, you are a lion, you are a lion, you are a lion, you are a lion. It hits the sheep ears, and then it becomes, I can become like a lion as this. That's not this message. This message is, you are conscious of this. You are not conscious as it. So any journey that begins from here is always going to have space to cover and time to move through to get to where you're thinking you're going. But you cannot get to everywhere from a special somewhere because there is no special somewhere because that would make everywhere not everywhere. It wouldn't be in the special somewhere. Yeah? So there, if all there is is this everywhere, then you tell me where the center of everywhere is. And where can you be two... Are you two steps behind everyone who's marching to the center of everywhere? Or are you two steps ahead of everyone who's marching to the center of everywhere? All marching would be in everywhere. At every point, exactly where you find yourself, exactly as you find yourself, but not being of that, 
is that's it. That's the access point. But not to you. Because for you, once this access point is held to be for you, that's not the access point. Yeah? It's right where the you is, but it's not as the you. Yeah? Like St. Francis said, and I, I think it's a beautiful way of saving time for people, he says, what's looking is what you're looking for. So, here you are, but see, it's, so it's not the looking you have to worry about, it's who's looking, in a way. Because the who creates seeing to be seen as a way of looking. So the natural seeing of consciousness of this, when it becomes identified as this, that seeing be turns, turns into a way of looking. The most formalized way of looking, which is an incredible system, because any other way of looking never transcends it, which is self-centeredness. So your way of looking is centered from self. Yeah? And no other way of looking that you get introduced to here is going to transcend you out of that way of looking. If they're a good source uh, or a good path, they will show their obsoleteness to you quickly. You will see there's really nothing to do if they're a good path. And then in that, that's that access point. Yeah. Boom. But most things are forms of looking to improve the state of self. Literally. Yeah. So if you're busy improving the state of self, especially on a spiritual path, you must think you are the self. Yeah. See, I work on my body, but it's like working on a car, because my body's getting older and I'm whacking around and hurting my knees in the water and everything. i got to sort of get up and do some exercises, or it will creak around. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my, my ability to have a handshake will get smaller and smaller. I won't be able to reach far enough. We like this, and I'll be swimming like this in the water. So there are certain things because this is form, yeah. But <laughs> I'm consciousness. I'm conscious of its condition, but I'm not conscious as its condition. Yeah. That's the little bit. It sounds like nothing, but it's the it's the difference between heaven and earth. Like in Zen, they would say, one breath is the difference between heaven and earth. That's the difference between heaven and earth, is consciousness of and consciousness as. Yeah. I'm conscious of all these things, but what are you conscious as? <laughs> are you conscious as Richard or Paul? Then you're going to be conscious of a lot of things, and you'll be unconscious of a lot of things. Because the interpretation in this place is dualistic. Yeah? So no one, no one, no one, as this, is having an experience of pure consciousness. They're experiencing... They're less conscious or more conscious. That's how it translates into the world of experience. Yeah? Because even you'll have an, a, supposedly a great visitation of universal bliss, but there's you in there. Yeah? There's still duality in it. There's you having this great experience. We went over it last night. but Even when what's so interrupts our living as what's not so, it's like some people call them epiphanies, yeah. Have you ever had an epiphany? Well, most people have had an epiphany, never made a reservation for it. You know, they didn't know it was coming. It's just sort of something that breaks their linear storyline. And there's, let's say, I believe, a, a period of time here. It's a timeless event, in, but it's cast in this place of time. And it's you're unadorned as self at that time. And you're unadorned as self. And therefore, you're not conscious of self at all at that time. So that's the freedom. You get freedom from that bondage to self. You don't, obviously, but we're using a subjective language. But we're objects. It's hard to sort of speak about it. But what happens usually when, quote-unquote, the epiphany ends, because it must end to you. Because then, if it didn't, there would never have been you having the experience of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very important that that ends so that you can have the experience of it. So but when it ends, it's usually, I don't know how many, well, it's just, when it ends, it's usually 
coincides with this. A thought arises, says, I just had this incredible experience. I as this. Yeah. So the formless state becomes an experience that the form state had. That's not the message of the formless state. <laughs> so that once you have an experience of the formless state, you miss the message of the formless state, which is the formless state. <laughs> Ta-da! There's no form to have an experience of the formless state. That's why when you get that thought and you identify with it, you're not having any sense of the formless state. It's a past tense, yeah? I had this incredible epiphany. And then when that thought arises to claim the epiphany, it bookends that experience, the timeless event, in time, and you have a feeling of being historically the Paul before the epiphany. I drove up to the hotel, and then suddenly I was paying for my room, and something whacked me, and then, uh, then I got my room, and everything was so unbelievable, and I had this incredible experience. Yeah. So it's bookended. So now a timeless, let's say, non-event, or I believe like a rip in the little curtain of this little dream world, has been sewed up very well by the great sower seamstress of self-doing and having. <laughs> And so what happens, it gets so insane that you'll actually probably try to go back the next year to that same hotel, make sure you get the same room, hopefully the same desk person's working, and try to duplicate what you thought you had. <laughs> so that you will be feeling better, because now you're a spiritual person. And in your files, if you're a spiritual person, it may add a couple of feet to your little prison room. Maybe because that sounds noble to your head. Hey, yes, I'll give you a little four more links on your leash. Yeah, you're a spiritual person now. You're doing service to people. You can you can take a walk unattended for a half hour out there. You don't have to be supervised by the super judge every second. Yes, you've been helping people today. Have a good time at the picnic. Oh, yes, you're free. But only it's an hour or two. I'm back in this prison cell. Washing the dishes. I'll check them out. Oh, you did pretty good. All right. You can have you know, some fun today for a half hour. Don't expect real freedom, but I'll give you little doses of conditional freedom. Everything's slavery. You're bonded. Your consciousness is bonded with the system of mind. It's called self-centeredness. Because the consciousness has been forgotten to be conscious and has become you who's conscious. So you're not conscious of you, you're conscious as you, which causes you to be unconscious on the most important level, which is about your own nature. Because you've now applied a physical nature to your true nature. So consciousness now has to play by the rules that are set in this dream, which is dualistic. So it moves from being unconscious to conscious, but it's never seen as consciousness. Because it's being seen from you. When you see it as that, then it's obviously you're not taken into the current of low and high tides of this place of duality. You're not, it's just like a low tide looks like there's less water, and a high tide looks like there's more. So, in your life, in my life, it looks like when I do this and this, I'm really conscious. That's a high tide of consciousness. And then when I don't do this and that, I have a low tide of consciousness. But I bet you, if you weighed the water of the ocean, there hasn't been one drop missed. It's just a perception. It looks like it's low, and then it looks like it's high. But in fact, nothing actually has changed, because all there is is consciousness. All there is is that ocean. But we want to be identified as a crest of a wave that goes up, has its little moment, goes down, only to go up, down, up, and down. And we sow a linear story about that wave, and we call it our long-lasting, independent, separate ocean. But it isn't. It's an appearance on the ocean's surface. Yeah? It appears as a wave, but it's of oceanness, yeah. So this message to me is very clear and simple. It's an optionless state that you are. It's not up to you to entertain it or not. 
it's just a recognition of what's obvious, and it has a very nice sobering effect on you. Because then you don't see, hey, because I always like to point out there's an engine or a drive, and there's a number of main ones, but in selfing, one of them that I don't know, I don't hear many people speak about, is the drive to be relevant. This long-lasting, this idea of this mental process, now that it has the consciousness captured, so the spotlight is on it all the time, it has made up a product out of it called self. It's it's selfing, it's a verb, it's a mental selfing, believing you are what's conscious, you believe you're seeing, you're hearing, you're feeling, you're tasting, you're touching, when that's not the case at all. There's just seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Like the, the Buddha supposedly said, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. Does that what happen? Or is it when you, when you become conscious, when consciousness becomes aware of contact, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, what is it that you're aware of underlying the underlying tank is, I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. So at the, pers- the point of contact, the beginning of the dilemma occurred. It was a small change in calibration. There's not the sense of being conscious as that contact. It's being conscious of the contact as Paul, which gives you the opportunity to be unconscious of that contact as Paul because it's defined by duality, which can be conscious or unconscious. So now, who informs you you're going to be conscious or unconscious? You're a mental process. So I would say it's a giant case of playing God, your head's doing. What's causing life to be so is consciousness, but it's hijacked. It, it, can, never, it can never erase that, but what it does, it hijacks it. It just makes it about me. <laughs> How's it working for you? Good. <laughs> All that power cannot be handled by a small little non-existent point in mind for me. That's why you is going neurotic and crazy. Because it's too that light is too strong to be shown on a part of a process. Yeah, to be constantly obsessed with that and to be conscious. I mean, we're not even just conscious of that. We're conscious of what we think others are thinking of us. It's called self-consciousness. It's unbelievable. It just geometrically produces more and more neuroses. <laughs> you can't even walk in here thinking about you. You're thinking about what others are thinking about you. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievably extreme to me. I mean, it's bad enough to be thinking a lot when you walk in a room and not be aware you walk in a room, but to be thinking what others are thinking about you, which are all your, your thoughts that you're putting into them, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like playing with yourself double, you know? I mean, it's sort of like obscene in a weird way, a mental way. It's like a mental, yeah, I don't want to go in that, that pornographic picture, but it's like, it's like a double fuck, you know? It just keeps... But don't, I don't care about any of that. I just want to see, because what occurs with me is whatever can appear cannot be me. So whatever shows up, it's distilled into one profound message. I'm not that. And in your not being that, that's the way, that is the activity of being what you are, which is conscious. Yeah. Or consciousness. That's the activity. Your consciousness, you're conscious of what you're not as consciousness, not as what you're not. So I'm conscious. See, when you're conscious of what you're not, as what you're not, that will screw with you big time. It's selfing on a glorious thing, because now you know you're not that, but you're living as it, and it's driving you freaking crazy. And you come to meetings like this, and you wonder why you can't get it, and you're like trying to figure it out as that. Yes, as self. But this is, you see selfing because you're what? Conscious. You see it. It's an, an another appearance. You're just the other, like the other things. I'm conscious of sounds and hearing. I'm conscious of the mental process. I see it. It's, it's selfing like crazy. Not so much because it needs your juice to really make it panoramically technicolor. Yeah? To you. 
It can make it seem, it can make what's not happening seem real as real to you. It's hard to sell it to others because they have their own little porno movie going, what's not happening. Yeah? But they like to try to sell it to you, but you're having your own porno fest, you know. Debbie's being done by Dallas or whatever, you know, next week. So what's not happening is being, proje- re- is being presented by your head. And represented, and represented, and represented, and we've taken now what's not happening to be more real than what's happening, because we're not conscious as the contact; we're conscious of the contact. So now that thing that believes it's conscious of the contact is, of course, in love from which it came, which is a mental process. So you have five doors, six doors, in Buddhism they call the mind a sense. But tell me, tell me, how much traffic are you having? Seeing is pretty busy. Hearing is you know, pretty good. Feeling, sometimes a lot of people don't feel much. They really don't. You know, touch, they're not touching anything or any people. They're you know, living with like little shoe boxes like, what's his name? Hughes, Howard Hughes. They're trying to control everything. But seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, very few people really smell that much anymore. And uh, the other one. But the thinking, there's a huge amount of attention on that. And it actually has no apparent source. Does it? It's like, did thinking, you know, come from the north? You know, it's like, is there like a, you know, you can look at the wind tablet for today. Yes, there's going to be a big north wind of thinking today. So, you know, bundle up if you're looking that way. Or the south, no. You know, this doesn't seem to have any source. It's not really coming from anywhere. It just appears but it appears to have content yeah, of what's not happening. And if you are identified as what's truly not happening, that makes you a, a, a citizen, and you like to go to your homeland, which is what's not happening. So all your attention now gets hijacked. Very little is going into any other area, and it's just going up there, watching and listening to the thoughts presenting and representing Life based on you, isn't it? You go home and you'd like to get some rest and the mind just keeps representing. You know, if I would have only done this, as if you thought you actually did it. I mean, that's a giant leap of arrogance to think you actually was the doer, to go commiserate about everything you did that day. Why not find out who's the freaking doer before you unleash into that giant realm of what I should have done? (laughs) I think it would be based on you being the doer to go over what you should have done. But there you go into this realm, and it produces crops. When you go into the future, your mind, it produces crops. And those crops get downloaded where? Now. Into what? This. So this room, you know, you may be bored, but it's not going to kill you. And there's a time on this door. But there's no real threat in this room. But if you're flipping out, you must not be responding to here. You're reacting to what's not happening. So you're reacting to what's going to happen tomorrow. But the fact is, it's not happening, is it? But does that stop you? No. Not one bit. You just drive right through. The sign is very obvious if you're conscious. This is the realm of what's not happening. Turn back. But no, you drive right through. And then you're in there. And you're just being led by thought. All right, let's go. What should I have done? Let's let's go over. How can I control? Ba, 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 ba. And the poor body, because it can only re- it's re- it's it's unfortunately it's part and parcel of the brain. <laughs> it can it doesn't have a choice to leave you. <laughs> it can it can only respond to what's happening up here as if it's happening now. Yeah, that's what it's meant to do. It doesn't have time chips. The body. It doesn't have an idea of a week ago or a month later. It just reacts to what the brain is doing. So if the brain is living in what's not happening, anything can happen to you in what's not happening. You can have cancer. You can be healthy as hell today, but that won't matter to you because in what's not happening, you have cancer. In what's not happening, you may have tons of money sitting here, but you're afraid you won't have money three weeks from now, so you can't even enjoy... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all, the con- all the conditional happiness you think you worked so hard to have, you can't even enjoy it because you're in the place of, I won't have it next week. <laughs> so all this entertaining 
downloads into your poor body, and now your body's a wreck. And you've had, you're totally, you're totally anxiety ridden, and you've been in such a comfort zone, you've never been threatened in your freaking life, in the moment. Tiger has never run out of the jungle, and, you know, you know, you've never been hit by a car, maybe. Things you were never shot at, these things this body went through. Those things, those situations, elicited fearful responses. Fear is a valid emotion. But you're, you're at the, this, not you, obviously, that's the good news, but this poor carrier is at the effect of anxiety, and nothing ever was fearful that happened. It was all about what could possibly happen. So you're harvesting this crop, the crop is anxiety, and it downloads now. And now you're flipping out. And the crazy thing is, you try to figure out what's the remedy for all this. The only remedy to what's not happening, um, this is a big, I'm going to save you, can't even go to the pharmacy for this. It's, you don't even need a prescription. It's totally over the counter. I'm giving it to you right now. This is the antidote to what's not happening. Recognize it's not happening. The only, the only solution that would be worth its salt when you're dealing with what's not happening is the recognition it's not happening. Yeah? <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't have much of me involved in it, exactly. That's why it works. It's not happening. But you will very rarely have an immunity as a self to what's not happening because the self is the biggest form of what's not happening. The past and the future are adjuncts of the self. That's the realm of self. The self, the mental process called self, the selfing, its realm, its virtual reality is time, past and future. And it holds more value in past and future than it does in what is, is like the speed bump of the present. It uses the present to dwell in the past and future. That's what it does. Watch your head. What, what? If you look at all the thoughts, they're obviously pointing at the meaning your head's giving to life, and it's giving meaning to the past and future much more than that. You have to see. It's like a foreign installment. It's, it's not suited for you, in a sense. You're suited to be the carrier or the conduit of consciousness experiencing self as other here. That's what this body is to me. It's an object, like a telescope, that allows consciousness, when it looks through this thing, it can see things. Just like when a scientist looks through the telescope, it makes, it's, he can see the stars. The stars are there. He can see the stars now. If you look outside at the event, the stars aren't moving any closer. It's all perceptual. So consciousness, as undifferentiated, consciousness comes in here, breaks, goes through the prism, or the, if you want to call it, the prism of the body, and then it sees itself as other. So all there is is consciousness, now sees things. Now sees all this stuff, but all there is is consciousness. The body is an object in consciousness. Yeah? But it's, it is not, it's the conveyor of consciousness, but it's not conscious. Everything changes when the consciousness of and consciousness as is cleared up. Just recognize you're not conscious as the body, you're conscious of the body. You're not conscious as this world, you're conscious of this world. Yeah. That's the immunity to all the shenanigans that you're trying to get remedies for. But how can you get a solution to self in self. Self can't get out of self. You've tried, haven't you? You think self thinks if it has enough experiences, it will get out of self. The realm of experience is a realm of self. This is not an experience. You cannot experience consciousness. It's not a thing. And first of all, it's the subject of all subjects. An object can never experience the subject. Yeah? But we've assumed this to be the subject. And as soon as we take this body, which is an object, to be the subject, we cast the true subject as an object to us. So now we're trying to become conscious. But that's making consciousness, which is the only subject, into an object to us as a pseudo-subject. Because we're identified as the body. 
So we become conscious as this, and therefore we're not conscious of this as an object. We're seeing it every day. It's telling us right now. This whole place is telling us this is not it, because it's perceivable. I can see it, feel it, hear it, taste it, touch it. What I am cannot be seen, heard, felt, tasted, or touched. It's stateless, it's objectlessness, it's formlessness, it's nothing, no thing, no thing. Here, there is a something that's taken on the role of being no thing, and now it believes it's having experiences of all these objects. It's an object itself. The true joy is recognizing I'm not that, this, yes? And of course, as soon as I recognize I'm not this, that's the actively being what I am which is conscious. If you became conscious of this as an object, wouldn't that be an incredible example of being conscious? Hey, I'm conscious that this is a body instead of unconsciousness as this. That would be an example of unconsciousness. Yeah? If I'm walking around living as, I'm, as if I'm this, I'm truly a, an example. This act is an example of unconsciousness. When I become conscious of that, I don't have to change it one bit. As soon as I become conscious of that, I'm not that. That's it. It doesn't say, oh, I'm not that. I'm that, and I have to change. I've got to become conscious. No. What that is, there's no more, you see it, bingo. You're not identifying with his machinations, which is, oh, I've just discovered I'm not conscious. Let's become conscious. No. You see it. So if my head's worrying about next week, I could care less. What I care about, who's worrying about next week? If I'm not that, then I must be what's watching who's worrying about next week, or witnessing who's worrying about next week, which is, I am now conscious as consciousness, instead of conscious of being a body, which causes me to be unconscious of consciousness. Yeah? Simple dilemma, very, very easily corrected, because nothing actually happened. All there is is consciousness. You could never have been a body. It's impossible. No matter how much the scientist looks through the telescope, it doesn't become the telescope. That telescope, thousands of people can look through the telescope. Not one of them has become the telescope. Not one person who's got onto the uh, Empire State Building and have those telescopes. Millions of people have looked through those telescopes and it facilitated them, facilitated them seeing New York closer up. Yeah? But not one of them turned into the telescope. Yeah? So no matter how much seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting and touching is going on, the consciousness that is witnessing that never turns into the telescope. It's just recognizing that impossibility that's being conscious as consciousness. Yeah? Questions. I don't want. This was a nice souffle. I don't want to add any more icing on it. Came out nice. It's like being baked. Yeah. It's beautiful. Never, never stale. It's always the oven's always on and something coming out. But I can sort of because I've been near the baking, I can see it when it's done. It's a nice souffle. Yeah, it's beautiful. Tasty. Is that it? We don't have anyone on the internet. It's great. I think Richard left too. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone. The Wizard of Oz is left. The king is dead.
it's always the same for me. It's like I'm, I can become alive. It's not that I, you know what I mean? I do. And, and it's automatic, and it's it seems to be difficult to transcend. And uh, You don't have to transcend it. You've seen it. That's it. You okay. did it. It's already happened. Okay, it seems, uh, okay. You say it's happening, but I, my, my experience is, appears to be that Every time I hear that, no matter how many times I hear that, I'm hearing it, I can become alive. In other words, I'm having... But this is what I wanted to ask you is... Well, let me just say one thing. If you were seeing that hundreds of times, that you can become alive, and then one time you were seeing it and it didn't happen, what would be the, the, the consistent in both of those experiences, seeing? That's it. The emphasis just shifts into the seeing. The experiences don't matter as much. You're just there's one quality that's always involved in everything. It's that seeing, or the consciousness. See, so you're conscious of hearing the message, then it becomes um, I, I could become like a lion. Yeah. Then one day you'd be conscious that you heard the message and it, that didn't happen. But the seeing was always the same when you were thinking you were wanting to become like a lion, and when you realized you were the lion. But the seeing was always the same. That's it. Not what happens and doesn't happen here. That's just an experience. The seeing is never, 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 never interrupted. Thousands of different combinations. You know, I got it one day, I never got it 80 times, and one time I got it, then I'm back into that. But the seeing was always the same. We're just pointing to that. There's nothing anyone can do to change your emphasis. We're just saying there's a possibility that right now, exactly as you're looking, it's being demonstrated what's truly looking. It's not based on the, the uh, content of what you're looking, which is the content was I keep believing I get into, I can become like a lion, and then the contest shifts once and I got, oh, I am a lion. The content, in a sense doesn't matter because the one constant in all of it is seeing, yeah? Even if the seeing is seeing that you're not feeling like you're seeing, that's still seeing, yeah? In other words, the play of yes and no, dark and light, shadow and, you know, light and all that is always illuminated by awareness. That's, without that, no play is going on. How good or bad it's going is all subjectified up in your head. But the light that's shining on that play has, you are not the controller of that light. Yeah? You may make puppets, hand puppets, to cast things out there so you, because your attention's on the wall of form, but the light is light. And everything, every pantomime, any play here is informed by that light. That light is what's illuminating. So, yeah? So no matter how many feelings or thoughts I have during the day, there's a recognition of the seeing that's always there. Yeah. I got another question for you. Uh, yeah. uh, it seems to be something that's almost in my DNA. It's so deeply ingrained, and that is that uh, there has to be something giving me help in order to arrive where, in other words, uh, in, in recovery, it's a higher power, which can be anything you want, as long as it's not you. Yeah. And, uh, of course, in miracles, talks about the Holy Spirit. And everywhere I look, there's help provided by some higher power of some sort. Where does that come into play here? Where? Right now. You seem to be doing the same thing, right? Well, You're looking at me as if I'm sort of different than you. Yeah? So this is just the play your mind's having. It's fun in a way. You want, you know, it doesn't want to know exactly right now, so it has little intermediaries that can come and go, and this and that. It's great. Like the Course would always say, you know, it's inevitable that you're awake. Have you ever heard of the Course of Miracles? I used to like that book. So. I mean, I still like it, but I haven't looked at it in a while. So, I know, so I'm paraphrasing, but it says, basically, we're all awake. It's a done deal, yeah? There is no world or anything like that. But it says, what's going to happen here is that you're in this dream, this dream of form and appearances, and you're going to dream yourself out of the dream. So you meeting people that keep pointing out to you that 
there is no dream, there is no dream, is what? I would say it's a form of dreaming yourself out of this dream. Yeah? And while you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, the dream itself will get happier. What a nice way of presenting it. I mean, to me, all the having to work and struggle, put the bags down. It's a, you know, there's a, go to that little helper. It's a very beautiful, compassionate way of looking at a situation. All right, so you seem to be in this dream. You're dreaming it. Yeah, so now you're meeting people that are, or books that point it out to you. That's great. That's a nice dream you're dreaming, so to speak. But what's going to be cool is, inevitably, there's just awakeness. Inevitably. There's nothing going on, in a sense. So, while you're dreaming, you're going to dream yourself out of it, which is you're meeting people that are telling you there is no dream, and, and in a sense, you could see it as you're dreaming yourself out of the dream, aren't you? And, you know what? I bet you the dream's going to get happier for you. Or it has. There you go. And is there a finish line? Is Tom going to get there when he thinks he should have, or was he lagging behind? That's all selfing, trying to have relevance. You're already awake. There's no race. There's no getting there before or after anyone. You know, there's just what's going on. So, I like that way of looking at it. So, hey, I'm here. There seems to be time and space. There's an apparatus. There's dreaming going on. Yeah? And there's going to be a dreaming going on. You know, and that dreaming, something that's dreaming, the consciousness as this, is going to dream itself out of this as it. And as it's doing that, the dream will get happier. Because the more it's more or less in form, yeah, the more the quality of the dreamer it's taking upon, obviously the dream will get happier. Because that's what the dream object is looking for. What's looking, which is not a dream object. It doesn't want to be a body and a thing and running around like crazy and getting hurt and getting old and dying. Yeah. So I think you just described exactly what's happening to you if you want to look at it that way. You're dreaming yourself out of the dream. Hallelujah. to bring good news. That's, I like that. I just had, that's a very soothing way of saying it. I just always like that, with, to share that with people. Because for me, when I was out there looking, it was a very soothing way. Like, all right, pat down, you great doer and have a yes, calm down. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's all inevitably okay, and you're just going to dream yourself out of it. Okay. What's your name? Megan. I'm sorry, I'm late. I got lost and then I snatched up my car. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I really wanted to come today, so. Oh, good. Relax, chill out. Okay. Yeah. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> we were just ending this little se session, but. Did you have any questions, Megan? Do you have any questions or anything? Are you going to stay around for a while? Alright, because we're gonna, I think we're going to end this little segment and then we'll do another one. Is that all right? Uh, I'll handle the one. Can we end now? That's how you miss some silence. All Is this Eugene? Yes. Eugene yeah. Lau?
and uh, then it just went away. And I thought, is there any free will in, in, in putting out fires? Well, if you, to me, if you, if you feel like you have free will, exert it. Yeah? So the identification as the apparatus, it definitely has the sense of having free will, or it wouldn't think it had a life. This, this whole claim of the life is that it's the doer and haver of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, in a sense, the the apparatus which is being um, presented here, driven by the selfing, let's say, has a sense of free will. So, in a way, if you have that sense of free will, exert it, do the next right thing. But what's what we're talking about here is. That is what is, th- is thinking it's conscious, yes? So in that consciousness, that's how it can become unconscious or conscious. It thinks by free will. Yeah? So it's, its recognition of consciousness is dualistically constructed. And it's either it's conscious or unconscious. And that condition will be based on what I did or didn't do. Yeah? Or what I have or don't have. The solution, so in that realm, let's say if someone thinks their house is on fire... At that point, there's a sense that they're not conscious of that body and that self, and they're conscious as that. So in that, it's important, if their house is on fire, I'm not going to give them any message of that you're not that. I would hope just to show them where a pail of water is, so they could put it out, yeah? But do I, in a sense, do I believe that's so? No. But in the sowing of it, it's appearing to be for them. So, here you go. Because obviously, if they, didn't, if they called me up and said their house was on fire, they must think they have a house, and they're the one that's in the house, and it's on fire. Well, that type of attitude needs a pail of water. And it's going to need to actually move near a very strong water source. Because there's going to be a lot of fires and a lot of pails of water needed. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea for someone in that movement, because there's no someone. It's just that movement represented as a noun. To, to use a philosophy as a pail of water, it's just going to add fire to the fire. Yeah. In other words, non-duality doesn't work if you think your house is on fire. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... Yeah, sometimes I have a confusion about whether what I'm throwing on the fire is gas or if it's uh, water. Exactly. It, it blows up in my face sometimes. That's exactly right. So, that's... <laughs> exactly. There, you know, another thing, I, I don't want to get into the Course, because I'm not a great advocate of the Course of Miracles, but I did a lot of work with them years ago. And I'm not a, not a great advocate, because I like what someone said. But they talk about level confusion here, in this place of appearance. So there's level confusion. So let's say there's one level where someone's in the consequential level. They think they are of the body, yeah, and they're conscious as this. And they're thrust into a consequential level where things are happening. And if they're unconscious, it's like they're in a hallway of shit and fans, and they don't know the shit hit the fan till it hits them in the face. Yeah. So they would be called. They would deem that to be unconscious. Yeah? So they're unconscious as consciousness. Yeah. Because they're not. They're not. Consciousness isn't being. Is isn't seen as conscious, right? Of but conscious as. So when it's seen as conscious as, it can be unconscious here. So now they're running through the gauntlet of the hall and mirrors, and then the shit's hitting them in the face, and they only know it when they're wiping it off. Now they say, well, I've got to learn how to become conscious so that I can see the fan, yeah, and what turns it on, and see the shit, and see the tendency of me to want to move my face and go, what's that? And then boom, get hit. So that is improvement. That's like on the level of fire and pails of water. Because the consciousness as can be conscious or unconscious. Consciousness of is all there is is consciousness. Yeah? All there is is consciousness. There's no fluctuations. Consciousness can never be unconscious as consciousness. It can appear to be conscious and unconscious as this being conscious. See? When I'm conscious as this, consciousness can appear as unconscious and conscious. When I'm conscious of this, consciousness is just that. 
It's like an optionless state. There's nothing to do or have. You can't add on to it or subtract from it because all there is is consciousness. Here, it looks like you can add on to your consciousness. Yeah? And you can subtract. And it's usually based on what you do or don't do and what you have or don't have. So obviously, you're playing God. The selfing's playing God because it's taking consciousness away from being a stateless state you know, an optionless state, and made it a choice. To who? You! You've got to see selfing and its relevance. It becomes most relevant when it can say, the knowledge of your true source is based on me. <laughs> I'm the controller of the spigot of wisdom and knowledge. If you do what I think I think you should do to get knowledge, maybe there will be some drips. If you don't, the drips will take be taken away. I would say that's playing God, don't you? If you want to call playing God a verb, that would be the closest thing I could describe playing God as a verb could look like. <laughs> playing God with what some people call God. Yeah? I'm going to make God a commodity that I can know or not know based on what I think I'm doing or not doing. Let me judge. Have I been good enough? All right, I'll let myself know God for an hour today. Uh, knowing God, it's really nice. It's, really, it's making me more conscious to know God. Then, let's say I look at some pornography that night. Oh, I'm not in the God knowing now. Um, no, I cannot know God now. So then you, you know, you're in your little limbo and you're flipping out and ooh, you feel uncomfortable. Who's playing God? Yes. So in that situation, you need a pail of water because you believe you're the fire starter. When you see it as consciousness, there ain't no fire. And there's no person. Yes? There's a freedom from all the appearances, and especially the effects of the appearances. Because you recognize they're causeless. There's no cause. Yeah? So how could there be an effect? Exactly. Thanks for that, Paul. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in Sweden in August. I'm coming, yes. I'll be there. August. Fantastic. You're going to find me, eh? I'll be there. Oh, good. Definitely. Very good. Cool. You're my, my favorite mailman. Oh, good, good, good. Well, my it looks like my route is expanding. So I'm going to have to get some, a bigger bag. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, G. Thank you. All right, Paul. Look forward to seeing you. Yes. Bye now. Bye. Bye. The Wizard of Oz. Stop in there.